Hello, friends, and welcome to another scintillating episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, it's Patrick, out in Halifax, Nova Scotia. In case you needed clarification, way out west in the prairies, in beautiful, bustling Saskatoon, it's Justin Anderson, the professor. Justin, it's been a while since we talked uh, on the podcast. Uh, how you doing? Doing great, yeah. Just uh, living the dream, you know, <laughs> working from home again. The old COVID is ramping up a little bit out here in Saskatoon, so I decided to uh, just take myself out of the equation and uh, stay away from public. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing well otherwise. And that's how you do it, man. I mean, we've got 16 active cases in Nova Scotia, and it's not a lot for you know, population, maybe just a tick under a million. Yeah. But, yeah. but still like the Atlantic bubble has served us well. Um, mm-hmm. but there's still a little bit of fear present. I think people don't want to see the Atlantic bubble go away and they're still afraid. Like today, uh, we got belted with a snowstorm and I had to take the bus home and the bus was packed. It was like elbow to elbow. And it was very uncomfortable sitting next to another human being for the first time in months. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, it just felt really weird. I mean, everybody had masks on, of course, uh, but it still didn't feel like it didn't feel like enough. And I mean, when I got home, I you know, I washed my hands, I washed my face. Uh, I'm obviously not going to reuse that mask uh, that I use today. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's like pretty much it. That's all you can do. Really. Yeah. Yeah. No, for it's sure. Scary times, but uh, nonetheless. Um, I have to say, like, in our post-100 world, because I guess this would technically be episode 101, um, I got a lot of really positive feedback from people via Twitter and and IRL uh, about episode 100, and I'm really proud of it. And I I just want to take the time to say thanks to everybody listening for the first 100 episodes. Uh, Here's to 1,000 more or (laughs) 10,000 more. We'll see what happens. do you have any final parting thoughts on 100, Justin? Yeah, no, same sentiments uh, from me. I got a lot of great feedback. Uh, lots of my uh, buddies that I umpire with here in Saskatoon listened to it. They said that they really enjoyed the Dan Schulman segment. They were all really uh, happy for us that we were able to get a guy like that on the show, as, as were we. Um, but no, I think if this is your first time listening to, to BFMD, thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll you'll go back and review episode 100 because it was a uh, it was a big one for us. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely follow that sentiment. And uh, just in case you are new to the podcast, we are on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. That's our main Twitter account. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, the memes uh, are fairly spicy. I don't think there's <laughs> anything too controversial, but I you know we've got good memes. Justin has a good meme game. Uh, you can check us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube Podcasts, or whatever it is now. Tune in and Stitcher. We're all over the place. Um, thanks for taking the time again to listen to the episode. Uh, just as a little update before we get into the juicy topic of grading our infielders today. <laughs> uh, we're taking our sweet-ass time with gra- these grading episodes. I know... When we released episode 100 uh, a week and a half or two weeks ago, whatever it was, um, we thought we'd be able to pump these out quickly. Uh, scheduling has made it interesting. So we're going to roll these out very casually in the coming weeks. 
just stay tuned. Yeah, it'll we'll, pop yeah, up. We'll do it when we damn well feel like it. Exactly. I mean, it's the <laughs> off season, and at some point, we need an off season. We've been producing content almost constantly for the last two plus years or something like that. Yeah. So like, yeah. I think we've I think we've earned the right to to take our sweet time with this. Uh, but nonetheless, the episodes are coming. <laughs> Just chill, enjoy the off season. I'm sure when free agency starts to pick up, uh, we'll also uh, probably have smaller uh, episodes regarding free agency. If anything cool happens, we'll be sure to let you know. And you can, of course, follow us on the Twitter machine and we'll tell you all about it. But everybody's here for the entree. Enough about the appetizer. We're going to grade the infield. Justin, are you ready to go? I was born for this. <laughs> so was I. But a caveat before we begin, uh, dear listeners, I just want to let you know we're not going to be barfing stats all over the place. Uh, this is not The Exorcist, and we are not Linda Blair. We are not <laughs> going to be puking stats all over the place. Uh, just bear with us. We're just going to give grades, and we're going to take it real casual-like. Uh, but we are going to talk about every player who played, regardless of how much time they played. So, you know, just sit back and enjoy Let's kick it off. Uh, what better player to start off uh, great this grading episode? Justin, uh, Danny Jansen, I'm sure yeah, we're yeah. going to have two very different grades uh, for this one. Um, just to mash through uh, some things about Danny, in case you didn't know, uh, Danny Jansen has a great set of eyes, okay? He walks almost 15% of the time, and he has a great on-base percentage. Uh, but Justin... He had a hell of a time at the plate. Uh, what do you have to say about Danny, and uh, what do you want to grade him? Yeah, you know yeah. what? Uh, I've always had a hard time grading Danny Jansen because I'm a huge, huge Danny Jansen fan. And like you said, his his eye is nearly second to none at the plate for the Blue Jays. But, um, yeah, his, his batting average just has never really shown us what we thought it would be. Um, he did obviously have some stretches this season. He had a big grand slam in that uh, beginning against the Yankees. Uh, had a couple home runs in our two postseason games. Um, yep. But when Hendo was on, I, I know he mentioned uh, that uh, we think that Danny Jansen needs to figure this stuff out. 2021 is really uh, the year he needs to figure out the plate or else there may be more pressure for us to see Alejandro Kirk play more. Um, one thing that I, I do want to say about Danny Jansen especially is uh, that he just didn't hit the ball very hard this year. He had a hard time making hard contact. So baseball today is all about batted ball metrics and all this other fun stuff that I love to, uh, to reference when I'm grading players. Um, so with Danny Jansen, I think his big thing is he just needs to, to barrel the ball more, to make more consistent contact. Uh, he ranked in the bottom, in, in the fifth, sorry, fifth percentile for exit velocity in oh. all of baseball this year. Um, so that's a problem. But at the same time, most of his batted ball metrics, besides his exit velocity and his hard hit percentage, are actually above average. So I, I do still think that there is some life in that bat. He just needs to figure out how to prioritize offense and defense. So I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a C minus just because his defense is still outstanding. 
And I think he did a really good job with our pitching staff this year, especially with Hunjin Ryu. So I'm going to give him a C minus just for that. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, you're much more generous than I am. I'm giving him a D plus because I thought this was the year for him to figure it out at the plate. Um, but hitting below the Mendoza line almost automatically for me gives a player an F. <laughs> but like you said, his defense is outstanding. And it was actually Dan Shulman who said this in episode 100. Next year is the year for Danny Jansen to figure it out. As the right. He is running out of runway. I agree. He's an excellent, outstanding, almost gold glove caliber defensive catcher, but it's not enough. If you're, even if his, you know, positive war defensively uh, is higher than his, his offensive war, we can't afford to have a guy who strikes out, you know, 20 to 25% of the time, who's just not getting their ass on base and not making some sort of contact. Can't swing a plastic shopping bag forever. That being said, it's 147 plate appearances, so I'm not going to shit my pants over it. D plus. Um, but I expect Danny Jansen will come back fiercely after a season like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to his counterpart, or who started off as his counterpart, Reese McGuire. We only saw him for 19 games this year, but he hit an absolutely stellar uh, 0.73 at the plate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brutal season. His WRC plus was negative 54. I'm not trying to barf stats at you, but uh, that's bad. Yeah, his his war was negative 0.7, which means he was almost a win (laughs) fewer than the average player, which is just (laughs) it's not what you want. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) After the off season that he had. Uh, and the whole fiasco in Florida. We don't need to rehash it here, folks. You know what happened. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, it's an F for me. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, too, and give him an easy F. Yeah, that's a hard, firm F. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's all we can say. Moving on to Caleb Joseph. Um, I'm just giving him an incomplete, but I have to say, that little speech that he gave at the end of the season, or whatever it was, Holy shit. Give him like, you know, that's at least worth one win above. (laughs) I mean, it was great. It got me fired up for the postseason, even though it was short and sweet. Um, What are your thoughts on Caleb Joseph? Does he stick around for another year? Um, That's that's tough to say. Depending what the rosters look like, because we had that taxi squad, he was able to hang around the team all year and really become a, a clubhouse leader, even though he wasn't on the active roster. I think I do think that really benefited these young Jays having a guy like Joseph around uh, to just keep them focused, uh, help them mentally get psyched for games, like we saw his with the speech. Obviously, um, yeah, I, I think off the field he's definitely an A, but uh, yeah, an incomplete on the field for me in terms of grading. Not much else to be said. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, we are going to grade him, or we can give him an incomplete, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he had an amazing few games from what we saw. Uh, he hit 333 in nine games. Uh, he had that bomb that was terrific uh, that had me popping it out of my seat. Not enough information to judge. Uh, I'm going with incomplete. But, Justin, if I had to give anybody who 
who got an incomplete uh, an A. I I really like this guy, and I I have to say the jump for him to go from what was it high A ball to yeah. MLB. Yeah. Holy shit! Did he ever rise to the occasion? Yeah, very impressive that he was able to to show us what he did in such short time. Definitely, uh, hopefully, a bright future with the Jays for Alejandro Kirk. Whether or not that we see him on the big league roster in twenty twenty one remains to be seen, just because of the fact that he only has nine games above high A ball. Um, it's really going to depend on if the Jays do bring in a veteran backup to maybe mentor Denny Jansen a little bit further. Um, but yeah, definitely an incomplete, but hoping to see more of the, uh, the little engine that could. You know, an incomplete, it makes it sound like we don't give a shit, but I have to say, like, when it comes to incompletes, there's just not enough information yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a great so first impression for this guy. So it's that's really all we can say is that great in a short time, but not enough of a sample size to give us a reason to give him an, an actual grade. Do you think he's already surpassed Reese McGuire in the depth chart? I think uh, Caleb Joseph has, re- has surpassed Reese McGuire in the depth chart. Um, I think Riley Adams has surpassed Reese McGuire in the depth chart, and he is also in the minor leagues. I, I think Reese McGuire's time with the Blue Jays is probably over. Um, he may be in Buffalo, or they may try and trade him. Honestly, the best thing for him is probably just a, a new clubhouse and a new opportunity to start fresh somewhere. Yeah. Some, somewhere not in Florida, just somewhere just like <laughs> far, far away from you know an absolutely disastrous season. Yeah, but uh, let's let's get to the big one that uh, I think everybody probably wants to hear about. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'd like to hear what you have to say first, and then I wrote a little spiel uh, to defend my grade, and then I'll go. Look, uh, if we if we take away the launch angle thing that everybody seems to care so much about, um, Vladi is in the ninety third percentile for exit velocity and hard hit percentage. This kid absolutely mashes the ball. He was among the league leaders in exit velocity. Uh, had one of the hardest hit balls of the season. The problem is, is yeah, yeah, he's gonna hit the ball on the ground. Um, but a lot of great hitters do. DJ LeMahieu hit over three hundred. He won a batting title hitting the ball on the ground as much as Vladi does. So it's not impossible for guys to hit for a high average while hitting the ball on the ground. It's just all about placement. Um, but if we if we talk about Vladi's offense, I do think that uh, there's a lot of improvements to be made. Of course, he does need to lift the ball a little bit more because oftentimes we see him chop the ball right in front of, the, of home plate. Um, but I, I think all this criticism that Vlad gets, uh, if he was in better physical shape, he probably wouldn't get it. But because he wasn't in the greatest playing shape this season, we had a lot to focus on. Uh, that brought a lot of negative attention to Vlad. So I'm hoping uh, we've seen some offseason pictures where he's apparently uh, he shed like something like 30 pounds during the season, even I think. Um, wow, it was what I had saw, and then he's also shed like three more pounds this offseason. But he also just looks he looks leaner, like it looks like he's packed on some muscle to replace some of that fat that he had. So I'm just really hoping that he can keep that up because we we've, we mentioned it before, right? In in spring training, he looked great. He was mashing the ball, and then the lockout, COVID lockdown happened, and he came back into summer camp looking like a like a balloon almost. Um, like he just sat on the couch mashing Cheetos the whole time, um, or grandma's <laughs> cooking, or both. 
Um, <laughs> so I'm really hoping that Vlad uh, takes the conditioning thing seriously. He was supposed to report to the uh, Dunedin facility for the Blue Jays here sometime this week for off-season conditioning work. So that's good to hear. Um, but in, in terms of my grade, I'm giving Vlad a B. Uh, he had to move to a new position. He said he wants to be a third baseman. He thinks that it's his position to to get back kind of thing if he can put the work in. So, I mean, that's great that the kid wants it. Um, hopefully he can, he can do what he says he wants to do because I do think that the potential for him to hit 300 with like 20 home runs a season is, is there and be on the league leaders in, in, in run production. So I'm giving him a B just based on the, the weird season that we had and the potential that he still shows. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit harsher. Uh, I'm going to give him a B minus, uh, partly because I was disappointed with his walk rate. Although that doesn't mean that I, you know, dock him from being an A straight to a B minus for that. It's part of it. Another part of it is the launch angle. Another part of it is is the weight. I I'm honestly like, let's get real for a second. I'm not going to pretend that he's, you know, a magically above criticism, but I'm also not going to beat the shit out of a 21-year-old for not living up to impossibly high expectations. He's going to be a J for a very, very long time. Yeah. And I think yeah. that he's sort of uh, – he's now learning uh, that there is a steep price when it comes to being the best player in baseball, and I think that's something he actually wants, and I think it's something that he wants to chase. And it's only been, you know, a month and a half or two months, whatever it is, since the Jays last played. But for him, he hasn't stopped. He has been working out. And, you know, he, he lost all that weight during the season, and he's already lost three or four or five pounds, whatever it is. He's probably putting on some muscle here and there. Um, it doesn't quite come on uh, super fast. But by the time we see Vladdy in spring training, I think he's going to be a completely different player. And I don't think first base is going to be something that he wants to pursue at all. Ultimately, it'll come down to Charlie Montoyo and what the team wants. But I don't. I think it's a mistake for people to see his stat line his first two years and underestimate him and what he's capable of. He was the first player ever to be graded 80 raw power. And we yeah, have yeah. seen him hit absolute missiles for two years a couple of adjustments uh, a little bit better conditioning and he will become an average to above average uh, infielder and i think that he has the raw power to hit 30 to 40 home runs and still hit close to 300 this he's not going to be like his dad if anything, he's got way more power than his dad did, and his dad did hit 30 home runs. So yeah, yeah. another way to look at it, too, in case you're still, you know, muddling over over grades and things like that, uh, he's 21 years old. He's still a, a baby, for crying out loud, and he's playing 15% better than the average stock player that you can find in MLB. I mean – there's not much more to ask for in a player. And I think, I think we'll see a, be a better year from Vladdy. I just think the criticism is just like, it's starting to become too much. Yeah. It's getting annoying. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's see what happens. Um, 
But, you know, he may very well be, like, MVP caliber next year. So let's just stay tuned and find out. Moving on, Travis Shaw. Um, what are your thoughts on Travis Shaw? Yeah, so a lot of people give Travis Shaw a lot of crap for, I guess, not doing a lot. But, I mean, we kind of knew what we were getting when we got him, which would be somewhere close to a league average player, which he was. His WRC plus at 95 and then a war at 0.2. So, I mean, he performed at a league average level. Uh, he did make a lot of hard contacts. He was among the league leaders in hard hit percentage and, and exit velocity, just like Vlad was. Not quite as high, but he was up there. And, I mean, he did play good defense for us. I think for what we what we got out of Shaw for a year, I, I think he was a great stopgap while we got Vlad accustomed to first base. And we'll talk about Ready to Les here in a moment, but we've got him too. Um, but I'm giving Travis Shaw C- because he was right around average. So I'll give him a C-. minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, again, I'm slightly harsher. I'm giving him a D plus because I was really disappointed uh, with what a surprise his walk rate and his K rate. Uh, his walk rate was lower than almost everybody on the team, uh, and his K rate was very close to the top. I understand he's a power hitter. He hit 239, which is not great. Not really what you want in a player who is supposed to hit, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. Um, I was just disappointed. He only generated 17 runs batted in in 50 games. I just, when it, when it came down to it, I'd like to see what his, his numbers are when it came to runners in scoring position, but I didn't have the time to sort of work that out. And you know, we didn't want to barf numbers all over the place, but you know, there's not really any better players worth investing a ton of money in at third base, uh, here in free agency. Maybe there's a trade to be made, but I think if we're just patient, Vladdy can, you know, go back there. And then that leaves first base wide open for Rowdy Telez to sink in. And I think he earned that spot. But as for Shaw, D plus, eh, he was, you know, like you said, he was an average replacement level player. That's all there is to really be said. Yeah. Yeah. Gavon Biggio. I'm going to go first this time, if you don't mind. Go for it. Um, I thought a lot about this grade, and I was very tempted to just give him the blanket A, but I couldn't justify it because I do think he chases at the plate a little bit more than what he should, especially given the fact that his his walk rate is so astronomically high uh, for you know a leadoff. Um, I'm not totally sold on him as a leadoff, by the way. I'd like to see him bat in the two hole uh, and have Bo who has a little bit less power than Biggio lead off. Um, But I think automatically Biggio should slot into the top two, uh, if not top three in the lineup. He is absolutely extraordinary plate vision that is right on par with Craig Biggio, his father. And uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do with 162 games because I think he can definitely do 20-20. 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and I think he could flirt with 30-30 depending on uh, the kind of start he gets off to in a year and the situations that he's put in when it comes to uh, stealing bases because there wasn't really a hell of a lot of opportunity this year for him. And he did steal six bases uh, in 60 games. I would think that extrapolates to something close to 15 or 20. Um, Yeah, B+, what are your thoughts? Yeah, let me preface what I'm going to say by by saying that like Kevin is my favorite 
Blue Jay that we have right now. I bought his jersey this season. Um, <laughs> but to my grade, I'm actually kind of worried about Kevin Biggio. So I did a lot of a lot of digging, a lot of researching on a lot of bat ball metrics, as I've already talked about, like hard hit percentages. And a lot of Kevin's batted ball metrics are not good. He doesn't make a ton of hard contact. Um, his expected batting average is actually really, really low. Like he he did hit 250 this season, but his expected batting average was 215 based on the balls that he did put in play, which implies some luck on his part. Now, what we can say positive about Kevin is that, yeah, he takes a, a ton of walks. He's got great plate vision. And I actually disagree with you when you said you think he chases too much. He was the 30th best player in the league in terms of the lowest um, swing strike percentage ahead of guys like Bogarts and like just behind. Um, he's ahead of Paul Goldschmidt. He wasn't too far behind, like even like the the goat Mike Trout. So I think the fact that that Kevin is able to use his tremendous plate vision. I'm hoping that'll help him be a little bit more selective with the pitches that he swings at. I think you 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 mentioned that he he chases a lot of pitches, but he does manage to foul off a lot of them. So I'm not sure if that's what you meant, but no, I do. I think I was just wrong. Okay, no worries. It happens. <laughs> but uh, but I, I based on what he did this year, I I'm going to agree with you and give him a B plus. Uh, just because I do think that at times he's almost too selective. There are times when a pitcher throws him uh, maybe a breaking ball that just hangs, but because he was sitting on a fastball, he doesn't hit it. He doesn't take it. He just sits there and watches it. So I, I do think that he needs to be selectively more aggressive, I guess. In, in certain situations, when he gets ahead in the count, he I think he starts thinking about taking a walk versus driving the ball. And I think for Cavan to take it to the next level for his career, he's got to start thinking more about gap-to-gap power because he does have line drivability. And because of his speed, he can turn a double into a triple, uh, no problem. So I'm giving him a B plus, but I'm a little bit worried based on what what the what the data says about Cavan. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's certainly. I think it's going to be interesting to see him do a full 162 games or, or very interesting the is to that. Um, I do think though that he represents a very lethal threat at the plate because if you leave a uh, toss him a hamburger, he's going to hit it into the second deck. He's yeah. got the power to do it, and I For think sure. that that type of player is very dangerous. Um, moving on though, Bo Bichette. My favorite Blue Jay. I'm giving him an A straight up. I think he represents the best of the infield in terms of contact. He's uh, hasn't played a full season yet, and I am a little bit worried about durability, and this is something uh, that we'll get into the weeds in, I'm sure, in the future. Uh, a lot of his injuries are freak occurrences, but still, um, Bo has everything to be a star in baseball he's got the baby face the sick flow a legacy name good looking kid he's got a great swing he's hitting three over 300 uh career so far if if i were in charge of the toronto blue jays i i would lock this kid up for as long as i could at 15 years just do it <laughs> lock him up keep him keep him in town I think he's going to hit 300 for a career. In fact, I'll call it now. 
when Bobachev's career is over, I think his average career average will be 300 or higher. A for me. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think Bo is like the best of our infield. I think he's our best player all around. Um, yeah. No disrespect yeah. to Hunjin Ryu, but I do think that Bo Bichette is the the current and future face of the Toronto Blue Jays for a long time, yep. just because of the fact that he he's not quiet. <laughs> he's he's very confident. He's not afraid of the media. He's 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 a good talker. Um, Whereas a guy like Vladdy, who may end up being our best offensive player, just doesn't have the language skills to really be the public face of the team. So I do see Bo kind of slotting into that, like, really team media leader kind of deal where he does a lot of talking, which he can back up with his play. Uh, I'm giving him an A2 because he's kind of the, in terms of batted ball profiles, he's really the exact opposite of Kevin Biggio. He does everything that baseball looks for now, hits the ball hard. Um, barrels the ball up. He's a fa- he's got a really good sprint speed. Um, he's probably never going to take a ton of walks. That might be something that he no. develops <laughs> a little bit more in his career uh, as he learns pitchers a little bit more and becomes a little bit more selective. Maybe him and Cabin can meet somewhere in the middle. But I do think that Bo is like you said. I, I do think he's going to be a career three hundred hitter too. I I can't I can't dispute that at all. But I'm I'm giving him an A as well. Yeah, I think, and the thing with 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 all these guys, uh, Biggio, Bichette, uh, and uh, Guerrero, I I think these guys are going to be around for a long time. I think we're going to see them around for at least another five to six years minimum. I really hope that's true. Minimum. I can't see unless they get traded, which would be very strange. But you know, who knows? Maybe they're up to something. Just shout out to Clayton. <laughs> Rowdy Telez, I, I yeah. thought long and hard about what grade to give Rowdy because, you know, sometimes I'll say stuff uh, about one player that, you know, might be a little too harsh and then others I'm very soft on. With Rowdy, I felt like maybe in the past I might have been a bit too harsh on him, uh, especially in 2019. Uh, but 2020 Rowdy earned an A for me. I'm giving him an A minus because I'm still not 100% confident in his defense. Uh, I'm more confident in his ability at first than Vlad's, but I think Vlad shifts to third anyway. Um, a minus for me from Rowdy. Uh, if we can have 2020 Rowdy play a full 162 game or close to 162 game season. This kid could hit 40 home runs. It's insane. The power that he has. In 35 games, he was 136 WRC+. plus. That means he's 36% better <laughs> than the average player. That's that's phenomenal. This is out of nowhere, dude. Let's talk about this. Is he our cleanup hitter for the future? I... Yes, <laughs> I think so. Him, <laughs> him and Teoscar may flip-flop in the fourth and fifth spots. But I do think that that Rowdy Tellez does have a future as a run, a big time run producer. Whatever it is, he figured out, man. He's not even drawn a hell of a lot of walks, uh, eight point seven. But his K rate went went from like well, it must have been close to thirty uh, last year to fifteen point seven. He's he was a tough out, and I I like that a lot about Rowdy. And you know he hit eight jacks in thirty five games, which 
you know, caveat to everything that we're ta we're talking about when it comes to grades. These are small sample sizes. There's not much we can do about it. Um, I love this guy. Rowdy is like my second favorite Jay behind Bo, I think. No, third favorite because it goes number one, Guriel, number two, Bichette, number three, Rowdy. I just like him. He's he's kind of like the everyman. <laughs> I don't know how to quantify that. Yeah, no, I can give I can get behind that. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. So I was just gonna say, yeah. So you you give an A minus, right? I did, yeah. Rowdy is a, an A minus. Okay. Um, I'm going to give him an A, a full flow, full fledged A, because I mean, you you talked about his dramatic improvement. That's why I'm giving him an A. Like this guy, obviously put the work in in the off season and even throughout the the covid lockout to to really just hone his craft and i think that yeah playing at buffalo probably did help right to less because he absolutely raked when he was with the bisons uh so i think that definitely helped him some familiar territory there but again just like i've been talking about today his batted ball metrics are phenomenal and if he can keep up what he did this season he's got the chance to be among the league leaders in home runs I think he's going to potentially be the home run leader on this team um, in That's the next five wild. years. In the next five years, I can see Ryan Tellez hitting the most home runs of any Blue Jay. I'll just, just put it there. Think, just think about that. I agree with you. But the thing is, think about that. Out of all the players we talked about, between uh, uh, Guerrero, Biggio, and Bichette, all of three of those guys could potentially hit 30 home runs. They've got the power and... The, the stats are there as far as what they're capable of doing. Um, even if Kavan has to will the ball over the, over the, you know, <laughs> over the outfield wall, he could do it. But Rowdy might have the potential to hit 40, 45 home runs. If he can do a whole season without getting hurt and just keep up this momentum. I, I love this guy. You got, you love to root for Rowdy. Yeah, you do. Moving on to Santiago Espinal. Uh, the utility player that uh, I was rooting very hard for in spring training before COVID shut everything down. Uh, 27 games played for Espinal. Um, I had a hard time thinking about a grade for him, but I'm going to say C+. Uh, he hit 267, which isn't bad. His K rate, a little bit higher than what you want. His walk rate, a little bit lower than what you want. Uh, his defense, eh. Not really that great, <laughs> but uh, again, he was a rookie, and I, I just, I'm not convinced that he's not the answer at third base just yet. Uh, C plus so for me. What are your thoughts on Espinal? Oh man, I, this is a tough one for me to grade too because I, I do think that he, he dramatically improved later on in his his stint. Unfortunately for him, he was the victim of roster crunches and had to be put yeah. back onto the taxi squad. Um, I do think he'll be a major leaguer. I don't see him ever being a starting major leaguer. I think he's going to be just a great utility guy who can play all the infield positions, uh, second, short, and third. Um, maybe even the outfield, if we ever needed a pinch in the left field or right field, he could probably get thrown out there too. He's got great flexibility. I'm going to give him a D plus just because... I don't think that he showed a ton this year, but I do think there's still some potential there to be a solid backup player. Yeah, I wish he had played more games. Like, if we could just switch the number of games played between him and Joe Panic, 
and take away all the starts that Jonathan VR had or uh, played appearances and give him the Espinal. I, I would have liked to have seen Espinal yeah. hit 40 games. And I think we would have, would have had a better idea of what type of performer he was going to be. Um, but the, the lack of power is, is a bit concerning. He's kind of like Brock Holt, but in some ways better. And in other cases, much, much worse. And I don't know how to quantify that except to say that his his defense is, eh, it's okay, and he has great contact ability. But I'm worried about the power. We'll see. Uh, Joe Panic, do you want to take this one? Sure. Yeah, I'm giving him a C. Uh, veteran performer. He got on base more than I thought he ever would, uh, and for a while he had a, a pretty solid stretch at the plate. Um, I think that he brought what we needed him to bring in terms of veteran presence with a reliable glove. He did fill in a few different positions for us in the left side of the infield. So I think that was important. We needed that when Bo Bichette got hurt. Um, so yeah, I, I can't give him anything less than a C or anything more. I think he just deserves just a generic C. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i on board with that. Although I would say I was pretty significantly disappointed with his uh, batting average. Um this this guy he's he has all the tools you want in a veteran infielder. Um, he just had a a bad string of games where he was just banning at everything, and uh, you could tell the frustration was starting to mount. But he he did end up kind of writing everything a little bit by the end of the season. Uh, I talk excessively about on base percentage and walk rates, but that's sort of the thing I think that saves Joe Panic from being a D player. Uh, so I'm going to say C minus, uh, just cause I was really disappointed at his contact. Obviously he's never really hit for power and he, he never will. Um, and he, he doesn't steal bases either. So if you can't do any of that, you, you have to have good contact. Yeah. Agreed. And if you don't have that, then you're not playing an MLB. Uh, Jonathan VR, I'm just going to straight up. D minus whatever the minimum is to pass. I, I based everything based on his full year stats, not just his time with the Jays. Oh boy, uh, his K rate was just astronomically high. He's he has no power. Uh, he steals. He could steal bases at will. The problem is that Jonathan VR is a stallion. <laughs> there is no taming this man. Is that yeah. what? Which one is the one? If you're a horse that can't be tamed. Is it Mustang or Stallion? I don't know. I'd have to ask my girlfriend. She knows about horses. You're I from the pra- you're from the prairies, man. I'm, I'm horses are my most deadly allergy, so I steer clear. <laughs> would you die if you were near a horse? Is that? I wouldn't die. I wouldn't be able to breathe. So maybe I would die. Holy, then. holy shit! All right. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, sidebar. Let's, av- <laughs> let's avoid the Calgary Stampede anytime soon. Then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely staying during clear of rodeos. But uh, yeah, VR was VR was bad. I mean, his numbers with the Jades were were bad. They're worse than his full season stats. Uh, I'm I'm gonna straight up give him an F. Like I, but mm-hmm. he, sure you can steal bases, but I think he probably cost us more runs than he created on the base pass, which is evidenced by his 66 WRC plus for the season. He was yeah. not creating positive runs. He was taking away runs. Um, so I, I can't give him a passing grade. I just, I simply can't. I'm giving him an F and I hope he, I don't see him back in a Jay-Z uniform ever. (laughs) 
Fair enough. I give him. I'm giving him a bare, like the bare minimum, whatever a hair above an F is, only because I do think he's one of the most dynamic base dealers we've seen on the Jays in a long time, and that was exciting. But yeah, other than that, mega disappointment and probably a disappointing season for him, uh, considering he's going into free agency as maybe <laughs> yeah. one of the least exciting options. Uh, in a very weak free agency period for uh, infielders on the left side, uh, left or right side of second base. <laughs> so um, let's wrap it up with Brandon Drury. Um, take it away. Happy trails, Brandon Drury. See you never F. Just a firm F. Ouch. Yeah, Brandon Drury ended up being the experiment that was a total failure. Um, so with Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney both gone, um, all the, all the fruits of that particular trade with the Yankees are now, uh, gone, aren't they? Is it true? Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think Drury still technically is on the roster, but I believe he'll be out of options now. So, um, or at least he better be because I don't want to see him back. I hope somebody (laughs) claims him. Um, but yeah, I, I can see him being the, like the very first cut that needs to be made to the roster if we do have to make some moves this season, uh, this off season. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with Brandon Drury. Yeah. This was his opportunity at a short season where if, even if he had put together, you know, yeah, blew a it. dozen more, a dozen more hits than he had, he, his average would, it wouldn't have been so atrocious. Um, somebody, Somewhere in MLB will sign Brandon Drury, mark my words. It'll be a minor league deal, and he might make it back to the show. And honestly, I never wish ill on players, so I hope he does get a chance. For sure. Um, But he he absolutely unequivocally will never play for the Jays again. And if he does, well, then I guess I have to eat some crow. Uh, Or something has gone terribly, horribly wrong (laughs) somewhere uh, with this team. Hard F for me. Actually, I'm going so far as to say F minus. Just a disaster <laughs> season for Brandon Drury. This is the only F minus think I'll give uh, to anybody because I don't think anybody, you know, had such a rotten season. And uh, for Vogelbach, I didn't even bother. Yeah, he in, in, incomplete. <laughs> uh, a... But if he had played more than two games with us, it would have been a firm, pretty firm F. But he turned it around in Milwaukee, didn't he? Yeah, good for how him. Did, how, how did things how did things turn out for 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 Daniel Vogelbach in Milwaukee? Do we know? I don't have the stats in front of me, and frankly, I just don't care enough to look it up right now. I'll t- I'll tell you. Uh, he hit three twenty eight in twenty or nineteen games with Milwaukee. Good for him. Which is good. you love to see that. I I love it. I hope that he gets another opportunity somewhere. Uh, in 2021, I'm not optimistic about that, but he still has the power. I just, I don't know what the fuck happened to this guy. I don't understand. He went from being an all-star to <laughs> getting passed around like a hot potato. It happens. <laughs> it, it indeed it does. And that's it for grading the infielders. Did I miss anybody, Justin, or did I? I don't think so. Game? Not that I can recall. All right. Well then. Uh, any final thoughts about how would you grade our infield as a whole? One, one grade, you know, whatever you think it's, it's worth. B minus. Hmm. 
The guys who played the most volume, I'll give a B minus. Yeah, I was just going to say, if we take out all the guys who who played less than 20 games for us, so get rid of VR and a couple others, uh, I would say, yeah, B minus is about fair. Yeah, Um, I'm basing mine off of Shaw, Bichette, Biggio, and then Aguero-Telez first base split. So B minus. Yeah. B minus makes sense. I would say that their offense was B plus, but their defense was C minus. I think that <laughs> that averages out to something like B minus or B maybe, but B minus is fair. Um, twenty twenty, very interesting year for our infield, and we'll be talking about our outfield next time. Um, do you have final thoughts, Justin? Anything you want to preview or tee up for for next episode? Um, let's just say that, uh, our, some of our outfielders may get surprising grades from me. Very interested to see what happens, but you'll have to wait till next time. Look for that episode to drop probably within the next, hmm, let's be generous and say week and a half, <laughs> maybe two weeks. It's hard to say. Uh, we're going to take a little vacay. I think we've earned it. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming out and. You know, I, I think I've earned the opportunity to play that. <laughs> uh, as usual, follow us on Twitter at BFMB Podcast. Check us out on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I love it. It's episode 101. Uh, let's just end on a high note and say that... Um, the projections say that maybe DJ LeMahieu signs with Toronto. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about That's that. That's very bold. I certainly like his bat, um, but he is also getting up there, and I'm worried about drop-off. But uh, next time we talk, we will probably know more about free agents. So uh, until then, the FMD out. <laughs>